Podcast. I'm William Galloway. It is time for another episode. I'm with recent retiree, Britton Johnson. Britton, man. Uh, when are you going to start collecting your pension from the state? Yeah, I've already looked into Social Security a little bit. Um, I think I got a couple more years, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to retirement. I think you've got enough, you know, to get tenure and uh, reap benefits and, and, you know, get senior citizen discount at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this years. point, I might just pull a Josh Niblett and just go out of state and try to get double pension, you know? Go play Juco or something like yeah, that. Yeah, why not? Get, get a fourth degree. Why not? And on the line, we've got a special guest. Uh, the doctor the is legend. in the house. The legend. Um, and the the co-founder, co-father, along with Lawson Schaefer of Bench Mafia is Tyler Barnes. <laughs> Tyler, welcome into the podcast. Hey, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been – once once you – uh, you know, text me, ask if I wanted to come on. I've been pumped about it ever since. Really looking forward to it. Well, you were raised on the main streets of uh, of St. X in, in Louisville, Kentucky. So it's kind of that's kind of Mountain Brook North. Oh, know. yeah. A lot of people do say, you know, it's the Mountain Brook of Louisville. So exactly. Which is high yeah, praise. Of course. Are mean. The streets so, are. Mean so we can we can claim Justin Thomas in that case in Mountain Brook if it's parallel. Yeah, the property. I think that's the way it works. Yeah, I mean, then you also get the Alabama connection, you know. Yeah, I think that works. All right, so Britton, Tyler, and myself, we're fired up to be uh, with you here on the Main Streets Podcast. We appreciate you for listening. We're in for a long episode because we've got a lot to cover with it being March Madness. Mm. Uh, so, Britton, kick us off with with hoops. Uh, we've got Alabama SEC tournament champions, uh, double champions for the second time in three years, something that you guys were a part of two years ago. Um, so, so fire, fire away with what we're excited to talk about on today's podcast. Yeah. I mean, before we get into the individual performances, I just kind of want to start off with a little bit of a hot take, which is that as of this moment in time, Alabama is the class of the sec in basketball. And if you thought that we would, you know, four or five years ago that someone would say that imagine, you know, uh, no disrespect to coach Avery, but when coach Avery was there, like that just seemed like an impossibility. Um, and so to be where we're, we are now, where Two of the last three years, we've won regular season and tournament championships. Uh, you know, I was looking over the last five years, no other team has won either two regular seasons or two tournaments. Bama's done both in this short of a span. Um, it's just really, really impressive stuff. And uh, it, it's just the beginning for Coach Oates, which is kind of the scary part if you're the rest of the SEC. Um, yeah, DB, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you that that what they're building is certainly something special, you know, just to do the double, the double championship is something that's not easy. I mean, you can look, I think the year we did, Britain, I think we were the only power five team that did it. We were, and yeah. I think, I think there was a couple of teams this year. I think Marquette did it. Um, but yeah, it's tough. And then to do in a, especially in a deep conference, despite what some Auburn fans on Twitter might have you say, definitely not a down year in the SEC getting eight teams into the, the tournament into do it sort of running away with the conference and then winning all three tournament games by double figures was certainly impressive. As, as the outsider here, guys, did y'all get double rings or did your ring say two-time SEC champs or how did that work when, when you were on the team in 21? You know, I would have loved two rings. We got, we got one really nice ring. So I, I'm not going to complain about it at all. Um, you know, the Auburn fans love to roast it because they saw on Twitter that it had sweet 16 on it, but it, that's not what it was celebrated. It was celebrating the fact that we won both, something that Auburn, I don't know, I don't think they've ever done. Not taking shots, just, just you know, speaking facts here. Coming out of the um, gate firing, golly. But uh, I'll, I'll say this, too, and, and talking about the tournament a little bit, like I remember two years ago we won the regular season. We won at Mississippi State to win it. And 
in that moment, I was like, dang, this kind of like this is cooler than winning the tournament in a way because it's, it's harder to do and you do it over the course of 18 games. And and like, you know, it, it takes a more talented team to win over the course of 18 games than it does to win three in a row. And then we won the tournament. And I was like, the tournament is so much better than the regular season. Like nothing beats this feeling. So uh, I, I know with those guys seeing just Nashville packed out with Bama fans uh, and to win in the fashion that they did, um, man, that, that's got to be up there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they got a couple more nets to cut down. Tyler, what was that like for you in 21, uh, cutting down the nets really close to home? Uh, obviously, COVID impacted the crowd and stuff like that. Uh, Britton has talked about it at length before on this podcast. But answer that question, what that was like for you. And then also talk about this because we've asked this question on, on previous podcasts. Britton talked about how he just missed Colin Sexton on the front end <laughs> and on the back end, Brandon Miller. Um, you got to be around Sexton, and obviously you missed Miller by, I guess, a year as well. But – how much fun would it have been to play with a guy of that high level of talent? Um, so kind of discuss those, those topics. Yeah. I think the first one, I mean, it cutting down nets is awesome whenever you get a chance to do it. I mean, it's something that you dream about doing the entire life. And then you sort of like, honestly, like on TV, it's a cool moment, but like when you see other people do it, you're like, Oh, I mean, there's cutting down net. When you get to climb that ladder and actually get to snip a part of the net off and then you hold it up, it's, it's one, of the, it's one of the cooler things you get to do, and it's right up there with the tournament. I, I agree with BJ about that tournament championship. I It was, you know, winning that game, especially in that fashion, and then I can remember – I will remember for the rest of my life the when they when you hoist the trophy and the confetti shoots off for the second time, just like looking up, That that's something I will legitimately remember for the rest of my life. So, but, I mean – yeah, I talk about the two of maybe the more talented players we ever had at Alabama and Colin Sexton. And then sometimes you forget about that shot that he had and how big it was for the program at the time. I mean, that sent us to the tournament. And that was, I mean, another awesome March moment. You know, just somebody talk, I think we can get in this more, but Brandon Miller made for March a star player that you can sort of just roll the ball out and be like, go get yours. You know, having that ability is huge. And Colin was that. And I think Brandon's definitely sort of, sort of embodying that as well. I made for March, Brandon Miller. I think that needs to be a T-shirt. Uh, we need to figure out how we can get our Main Streets logo on that, and then quote Tyler Barnes: "You come on here, you're spitting fire uh, right <laughs> yeah. off the bat. This is going to have to be a." Live up to the, I'm just trying to live up to the legacy. That's all I'm trying to we do. We can turn this this podcast and call it the old, you know, the has beens or something, and I can host, and you two just yeah, and just talk hoops all day. Uh, Britton, take us into our next topic and, and what you want to cover here. Well, I, I was going to say before we get into a couple of the other players, like looking at Brandon Miller, and I'm straight up spitballing here. I don't have the data to back this up, but I'm I'm curious how many players uh, in the history of the league have won player of the year, freshman of the year, and tournament most outstanding player all in the same year. I mean, it has to be like an incredibly short list. And, you know, we're not going to get into all the, all the stuff that has come up this year, but uh, I was afraid for a second that he would kind of get screwed out of a couple of awards uh, just because of outside circumstances. But um, I don't think there's any like debate on like whether or not he deserved e either of those awards. Like he deserved each and every one of them. For a second, I thought Q had a chance to win the tournament most outstanding player, but uh, Brandon Miller turned it on in the second half. And it, that dunk was one of the more electric plays Like seeing the crowd. It made me like a little bit jealous if I'm going to be honest, because two years ago we had to play in front of no crowd. And so we didn't get to have that full Alabama crowd there with right. us. 
Um, and, you know, partially, I think that's why we celebrated for as long as we did. We knew we were going straight to Indy, and they said they've never seen the team stay on the court as long as we did after winning that one. But uh, but Brandon Miller's just – he's he's unbelievable. And, and it's not just his scoring and his shooting, which everyone knows he can do that. He can handle it well for a guy his size. Um, he had six offensive rebounds in the championship game. Um, and he took charges. Like He made all these blue-collar big plays that – I mean, that's the mark of a championship team. When guys who are marked to be the stars of the team and the leaders of the team step up and make those plays – I mean, I remember Juwan Gary a couple of years ago had seven and 17, seven awards in 17 minutes. And we thought that was like otherworldly. And it was, I don't want to downplay that. Brandon Miller had six and it didn't even seem like that crazy that he had six, you know, quiet as six. It was, it was quite six. I like looked it up. I was like, dang, he's followed a shot a couple of times. He got him. I'm like, he has six awards. Like, that's unbelievable. So, so to have that quality uh, and you're a star player, I mean, that, that sets you up really, really well for success in March. Tyler, you talked about the exclamation point from Colin Sexton to have, you know, the tournament secured back in, I guess that was 2018 um, under Avery, I believe, our freshman year. Uh, and then kind of that dunk from Brandon in the fourth quarter, Britain, uh, against AM this year was the exclamation point as well. Two very different circumstances. But Tyler, talk about some of the role players and stuff you've seen from guys um this season on Alabama who've impressed you and knowing what you know about the system and Oates. Uh, who stood out that maybe not is, is not getting all the recognition that he deserves? That's the thing about this team and why I'm, I don't know if we're going to get into it, but why I think they have what it can go far in March is that they're, we're just so deep. There's so many guys. I mean, it's a different person every single day. And I think early in the season and now he sort of got to really shine in the tournament was Noah Gurley. And you can just, you can talk about the positive leadership that he displayed, you know, Maybe wasn't getting the minutes that he that he maybe could have gotten that if he would transfer or coming from Furman. You know he's a star player, but he was always like a positive, reinforcing leader. And then just to to see him step up in the biggest moments is so cool. And then obviously you got Charles Batiaco, who is sneakily one of the best defensive players in the country, who That's probably awesome. doesn't get, who doesn't get enough talk, you know, for how good our offense is. Our defense is better, and that that's not that's not there without Charles Batayaka. So, I mean, I think there's that. And then you got just role players. Anyone coming off the bench could come in there and hit four threes and then lock and then play great defense. And so you have so many different options with this team. I mean, you got Namari Burnett, Rylan Griffin, Jane Bradley. I mean, you think of going back, every single one of them has had, has had a game where it's like they, they, their impact won us that game. So having that March just be like, there's, eight people on this team that could win you a basketball game is super special. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the, I, I was keeping a little tally of like who I wanted to talk about. And the first two names outside of Brandon that I put down were Chuck and and Noah, because I, I, I had to text Noah a few days ago, not just because, you know, we talked about a little bit on the pod, how impressed we've been with his leadership and like the way he sacrificed. And then just to see him step up, man, I, I'm just so proud of him. Like, I don't know how else to really say it. Um, that dude is sacrificed more than just about anybody on this team. And then when your leader does that, nobody else can really say anything. Like we had that with Herb to like a certain extent where he would, you know, see JQ balling out and he'd say, no coach, leave JQ in. And like, when you see your leader doing that, who who's going to like complain, who's going to, who's going to say something. And so seeing Noah uh, just be the leader he's been and then step up in these uh, tournament games was unbelievable. And then Chuck, I mean, 
I thought there was a chance he was going to like, I know we talked about JQ and Brandon just now. There was a chance for a second where I was like, is he going to, is Chuck going to win most outstanding player of this tournament? Like his defensive impact, Texas A&M couldn't score. He had five blocks versus Mississippi state. Like they, they played so unbelievably well with him in a deep drop. Just his just, presence makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, and, and you can see the difference between him this year versus him last year in just such a way, you know, I don't know how many, how much weight he put on, but like he holds his own so well and you put him in this deep drop and nobody can score over him. He's too long. And so um, it's been unbelievable to watch his growth as a player. Like there were a couple of times where he, you know, caught a lob and then missed it, but he was immediately, he caught it back and just laid it in. It's like the simple plays like that, that really add up. Um, And then obviously I'd I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about JQ a little bit and just the way he stepped up these last couple of weeks, uh, to an extent, it probably started with that Auburn game in Coleman. That I mean, that fired me up, dude. When I saw JQ, just I love pissed off JQ. Um, and you saw it a little bit against Texas A&M too. They, they had the slow mo cam of him saying some stuff that we probably shouldn't say on this podcast. Um, but I love that because when he has that attitude about him, like he's a he's a bad man, and uh, he's he's a tough cover. So especially with the way that everybody can shoot on the floor, I mean. Namari didn't play in the championship game. And again, I think that speaks to like the selfishness of this team in general that like he, he looks like he was the happiest guy um, and he didn't play a second, but also speaks to the depth. Like Namari Burnett is a stud. He can guard, he can shoot um, and he didn't play. And I'm sure he'll play a big impact in this tournament run, but uh, I think it just speaks to how many guys they have this year that are just key contributors. I mean, we don't beat Houston with Namari coming in there. He probably played the best defense in the country that game. Yeah, like, I mean, he's a beast on the court, so, yeah. And that's something that I want to, you know, this is obviously an Alabama basketball podcast, but knowing and having a great relationship with uh, Alabama softball coach Patrick Murphy, he talks about Mudita. And, you know, I think I'm going to mess this up here, but it's talking about the – joy that you have for others success that is embodied in this team that's what he embodies in his program um and that's what you see out of this team that you know that's it's one of those terms for uh what's what's kind of playing out right before our eyes yeah if we're putting it in another in other yeah. term i mean i'm not i'm not the doctor i'm not the the <laughs> divinity student here but i'm gonna I'm in PR, so I'm gonna throw that word out there. We we could talk for hours about each player, but I mean, I think was, I mean, going up maybe probably wasn't going on the radar, but Jaden Bradley, McDonald's All American, five star freshman, coming in and saying, Hey, I think Javon Quinley should start. Unreal. And think about that and the selflessness there of being like, Hey, this guy should start. And then just and being right that JQ just took off with that. And I think that just – and then Bradley also played great. So, I think that just speaks to this team. I mean, we could go on for entire podcasts about each and every player. You know, there's there's 12 months of the year, and they have new names now. It's January, February, JQ, April, (laughs) May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. So, just want to make sure that that is out there on the record. No, I mean, that was – I'm glad you brought that up because it's so uncommon. It's uncommon for any player to do that. Like, if you're a fifth-year senior who knows maybe the guy who's the sixth man is playing a little better than you at the start of games, like, even then it's tough to make that decision. And, like, for a player to do that, much less a freshman, much less a freshman who came in, 
probably expected to come in and rock out and start immediately. And he's kind of, he's gotten the opportunity to, and he's played great. Um, well, Britton, I know you're not tooting your own horn here, but, you know, years ago, I'm sure you went up to coach and said, hey, you know, I, I know you want to start me tonight, but yeah. I think you need to put Kyra Lewis in yeah. because I think he might uh, have a little bit more juice than I than I have going tonight. Yeah, you know, it wasn't Kyra, but it was Herb. And I was like, coach, you know, anything for this team. Um, I'm seeing what Herb Jones is doing out there, his activity on the defensive end. And if, if you want to start him over me, I totally understand it. Um, I think it might be for the best. Um, and he took that for giving me a few straight years of DNPs. But, um, you know, I appreciate it nonetheless, um, the, the shout out you just gave me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. You can kind of cut out that five second pause. And make no, it we're good. We're, we're going to keep rolling here. Tyler, <laughs> um, just while we're kind of in, in jumping from topic to topic, give the listeners a, a quick 30-second review of where, where you are and what you've been up to in life since Alabama. Uh, well, I'm I'm right now in Cincinnati. I'm up at UC, Cincinnati Medical School, so just got that going. Uh, we got about, uh, you know, about to finish my first year. You know, we're in dissections right now. I just got – actually just got back from shadowing doctor. So, yeah, we're living it up. You know, despite what people say, you know, yeah, the real world is not nearly as fun as college. So stay as long as you can. Yeah, a lot of a lot of air fried chicken and microwave rice. That's that was my dinner last night. It'll be my dinner tonight. <laughs> um, back to Birmingham we go, and Alabama, the number one overall seed. What was your initial reaction, Tyler, when that popped up? I mean, obviously it was expected to some degree that Alabama would be the top team out of all sixty-eight in the tournament. Uh, but from what you've seen and what you've experienced in recent years to now Alabama being the preeminent team in the tournament, uh, what what stood out to you in that moment? It was honestly kind of surreal just to be like the first because it was so cool to be like starting off the selection show, the first team they show that <laughs> script A was so cool to see. And, you know, it just is one of the things it's honestly like uh, sort of a little part of like um, evidence of all the work that's gone into it, you know, just to see that happen and bring it to fruition. And then, you know, just that we are going into this tournament right now, we are consensus best team in the country. And now you just got to go out there for six games and prove it. And that's a really special thing and something that really gets me fired up. I can't wait to go. I'm so pumped for these games for March Madness to start. If I could fast forward to noon on Thursday right now, I would in a heartbeat. Like, I am so pumped for this tournament to start and just to see, you know, them play and, and just see what happens. It's uh, it's white home jerseys all the way through, Britain. That's pretty exciting. That's a crazy thought. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, it. I know Tyler feels the same way. Um, to an extent, I feel like we will always um, in, in a good way, be uh, hopefully in a good way, be linked to this program, right? Like, in 20, 30 years, we will always have this link to this program. And so to see the way um, over the last few years is just gone from being, you know, a decent SEC program to one of the best programs nationally. Uh, it's a credit to Coach O's, but I mean, that, like Tyler said, it's kind of surreal and it, it it feels like this like big honor, like, you know, in, in a weird way. And um, obviously, if you were to ask any of the guys on the team, they would say they haven't made it yet because you got to win the games in March. But um just to even be in that spot says so much about how far this program's come um if I were any if I were a fan of like any other team in the rest of the country I would 
I'd be so pissed off right now. They're like, finally, Nick Saban's lost a couple games. Maybe we can finally get rid of this Alabama thing, and like, they won't be a big deal anymore. And now we're running the table in basketball, and it's like, I would be, I'll be so frustrated. Um, but yeah, it's also just so cool. Um, you know, Tyler's hopefully gonna get to go to the games in Louisville. Um, we have the games here in Birmingham. Um, the way everything's just kind of marked out is just so awesome. You know how to to have these games in our home state. Uh, to have our fans be able to show up and show out, which I need to add an addendum. I told you I was going to do this. I have to issue an apology to Alabama fans. I've given you guys a really hard time over the last year, said, you know, at times y'all weren't the best basketball fans. That was more of a football mentality. Y'all were unbelievable last weekend, you know? So it, it, anybody that went to those games, I mean, it was 80, it looks like it was 80 plus percent crimson in there. Um, and that place was rocking. And so to see, it, it sounds dumb to say to see the growth as basketball fans, but you can see it. Like you're whenever the team needed a boost, you could see the crowd get into it. And uh, so just in a short amount of time, it's become a great basketball fan base. And so official apology slash compliment slash whatever y'all want to see this as. But I was so fired up to see all the Crimson uh, in Bridgestone Arena this past weekend to, to see, and, you know, we talked about that Brandon Miller dunk. Like that's one of the most electric college basketball clips I've seen in a minute. And it's not just cause I'm an Alabama guy. Like it was just an unbelievable clip. And I think that's encapsulate what that entire weekend was like. And so I expect to see all of that again this weekend. Uh, we need it to be, I think coach Oates said 90, 95% crimson. I'd love to see it. Um, I also love the idea of, of supporting the Iowa Hawkeyes on, on Thursday. So um, I'm all in on it. Uh, Iowa Hawkeyes plus Leor, you know, plus Leor. We want to see Leor. We'll we be pro, see Lior pro, pro well. Lior podcast. But yeah, it's just really cool to have these games in our city. Um, you know, I know you're going Thursday. I'm hoping that I'll be able to go Thursday as well. Um, and I'm I'm just fired up. I'm fired up to have these games in Legacy Arena. Um, and and uh, you know, credit to the city as well because they've done the renovations. They've done the work to get these games here. And I don't know who Auburn bribed to get these games, their games I, in Birmingham. I, I heard it said on Twitter, so this isn't my quote, but Alabama earned the spot in Birmingham and Auburn received the spot in Birmingham. No, and this isn't going to be an anti-Auburn comment, uh, although we've had many of those. Um, this is more just if I were Houston. And Iowa. or And Iowa, because I was, I think, the eight and Auburn's the nine. But especially if I were Houston, being the one seed, and I had to go play in Birmingham against potentially Auburn and what would be essentially an away game. Um, I would be, I'd be pissed. Like, I don't know else to really say it. Like I, like you work so hard all year to earn that one seed and you play uh, a de facto road game on Saturday, uh, potentially. Now if, if the yeah. Iowa Hawkeyes take care of business, maybe not, but this, this is a lot of if then, but in, in turn, it, it doesn't do the number one overall seed in the tournament, Alabama, any type of, of benefit because yeah. You've got potentially Auburn if Auburn wins, they're fighting for tickets on Saturday when strategically, uh, geographically, the number one team is is here in Birmingham. Well, nine seed Auburn falls in Birmingham, then they're they're competing for tickets with Alabama fans. Now that's we're gonna leave that to all the, the national talking heads and and those things kind of come if you know basketball and you know what you're talking about. Um, but on this podcast, Tyler, we like to go kind of inside the locker room and talk about experiences and stuff like that. 
And like Britton said, we're really not getting into the issues off the court. We really just like to talk ball and like for our podcast listeners um, to get an inside perspective. And so with that being said, I want to ask you about because you were pointed out from coach and uh, people on the staff and teammates as well uh, as, a, as a leader during your time at Alabama. When it gets to crunch time, when it gets to tournament time, how do you block out the noise, however loud that noise may be? It's louder than ever this year. But what, what's your message in the locker room? What are you telling the guys uh, as that leader to block out the noise, to lock in and to get ready for the tournament? I mean, I think it's what Petway says before. I, I know they've sort of cut it on the media things. But it's that it's we, we're all we got, but we're all we need, you know, and I think if you just buy into that and be like, you only need the people inside that locker room to be together and to buy into each other. That's all you need to really, you know, flourish and to, and to thrive in this thing. So it's just that's all you got to do. And I think it actually gave me chills when Coach Charlie said something about, you know, like you've you earned it. Now go take it. So, like, you know, we you put in the work all summer and I don't. I know Oates' big thing is, you know, you don't win the games in March. You win them in June, July, August. We've already won these games. You know, you just got to believe in the work that you put in. No one's outworking the Alabama Crimson Tide. I can promise you that. With yeah. the amount of extra shots they work in, extra workouts, the, the things we do in practice, no one is doing what we're doing in the country. And you just got to believe that and work towards that and just believe in yourself, believe in your teammates. And, you, and that really just sort of glues you guys together that you guys can fight through any adversity. It's the adversity, it's the hardships that sort of bring you together. As long as you don't splinter, you can either splinter or you can come together. And I think this group's done a great job is when adversity comes, they get closer knit, get tighter, and then just rely on each other more. We're clipping that and putting it on Twitter because that was awesome. And I am now ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> so you still got it, Tyler. I don't know if y'all have any type of med school uh, intramural team, but I'll come oh, play we for you. I, I actually have a big playoff game, four-on-four four men's league, you know, big playoff game tomorrow. <laughs> Be sure to stretch. I know you've been putting up numbers. Dude, I'm not going to lie. First game back was rough. I hadn't picked up a basketball in a, in a few <laughs> months. I'm not going to say the stats because it was embarrassing. But last week, the threes went down, and when the oh, threes no. calling. It's I'm, over. It's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I just need – I need to see one go down. I hadn't seen one go down in a minute. Tyler, you're like you're six eight, right? Six nine. Yes, I'm six eight. So did you? And, and I'm sure you got this all the time, and you did, still do. But like when you started med school, just personal question here, where people are like, "Oh my gosh, do you play basketball?" And you're like, "Yeah, I was on the yeah. top team in the country." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is always that's always a great one because you know you go like, "Yeah, I did," and then you know when you say "did" in the past tense, people are like, "Oh yeah, in high school or something." I'm like, you're just going to be like. It sort of goes back to the number one overall seed thing, you know, where you're just like the pride you have, you get to take in the university being like, no, I went to, the I, I played at Alabama. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you know, it's like you can speak with such pride and be like, yeah, Alabama. No, I went there. You know, it's, it's right. really. Um, our, our Zoom is telling us we've only got a nine, about nine and a half minutes left. So we want to wrap up here with a couple last topics, kind of scratching the surface a little bit. I, I want to say one thing, and then I want uh, Britton to kind of close us out with any topics. And Tyler, you're welcome to add something in at the end. But I want to congratulate Charlie Henry. There are reports yeah. of him today for um, being named the next coach at Georgia Southern. While nothing's been official, the, the reports wouldn't come out if if word uh, was not accurate. So I want to give him a congratulations. Either you guys have something to say, a uh, quick anecdote about him. 
I, I just say, I mean, he there, I'm not sure there's a coach in the country that deserves it more. The amount of work that he puts in, I mean, what it, I don't know what the stats are, but I think we were two top five defenses in the past three years. I think that has a lot to do with why we have the back to back or the double championships in those two years as well. And, you know, he sort of, sort with coach Oates, obviously, and the entire staff does such a great job, but, you know, he's one of the quarterbacks of that defense. And I think there's not, some, there's no one in the world that deserves it more. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love coach Charlie. I think everyone who's ever been around this program can attest to how hard he works. Um, like that dude grinds. Uh, he's always watching film. Max was, Max Ronowski was telling me that after the SEC title game, he was already clipping up stuff from the game which if, like, that's anybody else, that would be shocking, but it's not really surprising to hear. Um, he is so – like, he has so much to do with the success of this team. And I know a lot of times assistants don't necessarily get the credit they deserve, and that's not to take away from what Oates has done because it is him who's, like, turned this whole thing around. But he he's the de facto defensive coordinator, and, like, he runs the defense. Like, Coach Oates defers to him a lot when it comes to the stuff on defense. Um, and so I'm, I'm so happy for him. I, I can't wait to text him. I was like, I was wondering like, do I text him now? Or is it like, is it official official or, or what? Um, but we, the, the jobs, it's not official until beginning right. of April when the job is finished. Right. But exactly. But, um, but yeah, it's one of those things that I don't know if we'll ever coach a team quite as good as the blue squad back in the day. Um, you know, our scout team was, was pretty unbelievable. We were bought in on what he had to offer. And I thought we, we carried it out and executed at a really high level. So good luck matching that at Georgia Southern. But um, but no, in all seriousness, like super deserving. Uh, couldn't be happier for him and his family. Uh, they're going to kill it there. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for him. He deserves it, as you guys said, and obviously is sticking with the tide through the end of the season. Britton, any last hoops-related topics we want to get to before we have to close this out in a minute? I'm trying to think. Uh, I know Will Wade took the McNeese State job. That's a that's a whole other podcast. Already suspended him for the first five games. <laughs> yeah. That took no time. Um, that was like the biggest cover up move. Like, oh, it's not bad. We're just we're suspended yeah, five games. Welcome to McNeese. Uh, uh, you can't go till <laughs> the sixth game until December. Year. Um, Nami, I, I do. Y'all have any out? You know, I, seating. I got. Or go ahead. I, I just wanted to hear y'all's. I think we need to get the people. Some upset picks. You, you need, you need that. yeah. You need some upset picks, and also, Britton, just a really quick piggyback on that. I think I'm going to rec recant everything that I said about Coach Charlie, and it only applies when he made me a shooter in Blue Squad. That was the only time he it was. Took a him a couple years to buy into you as yeah, the yeah, that was the, that was the only did. time he made a good coaching decision was when he would make me a Curry. So I just wanted to get that out there. That was the that was the only good coaching decision he ever made. I'll 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 start Tyler with on surface level. I've got Michigan State in my Final Four playing and losing to Alabama. Uh, Colby Jones, Alabama native, Mountain Brook native. He's Mountain Brook, so we ride. Uh, I've got Xavier in the Final Four, uh, losing to Kansas, and I've got the tide over Kansas in the national championship. I hope and think that Kansas will lose beforehand, but I just click through my bracket and that's that. So written. So I'm going to be really honest, and this is going to be really bad coming from the co-host of a college basketball podcast. I haven't made a bracket yet, and I don't know if that has to do with the fact – I will. I will, guys. I promise. You're, you've retired, so you can't. That's the thing. It's one of those things that I haven't made a bracket in four years. Um, so it's just kind of like weird to to do it and to know that we're done. I don't know if that's just the place I'm at. But as much as I hate to say it, 
I, I think Furman could give Virginia a game. That, that's one I'm looking at. I know that that's a game. Outside of that, I haven't paid enough attention to really have a bunch of great upset picks. I do like the Xavier pick. I think Colby's amazing. I think that they have a really strong team. But uh, I just think Furman and Virginia will be a really interesting matchup because of how fluid Furman's offense is and how good everyone knows Virginia's defense is. So it's kind of like strength against strength. Um, so I, I'm going to tune into that one for sure. Britton, I think I knew you are a great basketball mind. I'm totally with you on the Furman. But but we this is a this is an anti Furman podcast, but yeah, but still no, we we do not stand Furman on this podcast. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But but you know we do stand the SoCon and and SoCon you know Noah Gur- potential Noah Gurley revenge game. Sanford's Sanford's two losses to Furman will make them look a lot better if Furman's able to beat UVA. That is true. So that is true. Yeah, I mean it. I I do think the, I will say this: the SoCon team always at least puts up a really good game. Like last year, Chad almost beat Illinois. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I know I know when Virginia got that draw, they probably weren't pumped about it. Um, it reminds me a little bit in a way, and I'm saying this without really having a ton of knowledge of Ohio's team from a couple years ago outside of a couple players, but Virginia lost to Ohio in the first round two years ago. And it seemed like a similar type matchup where it was like a really good offensive team with like a couple of, of guys that are just studs. Um, that you know, are facing this Virginia team that is good, but doesn't necessarily have just a ton of stars on it. Um, but just obviously they're incredible at what they do. Um, and, and Ohio won, so you know maybe Virginia learns from that and they don't lose. But you know maybe history repeats itself. Yeah. And I don't want to detract from your Xavier thing, but I, you know, I'm an analytic guy now. You know, through Oats, and they they appear to be paper tigers. I saw the stat that. Oh. Top six seeds who are offensive, 25th in offense efficiency and 150th or lower in defensive. 24 teams in th- 2002, zero Final Fours, and only two Elite Eights. So if Mississippi State wins tonight, I'm going to be picking them to go to the Sweet 16. Mm. The doctor has spoken. Wow. Wow. And, and uh, also, I love I love the uh, Drake game. Miami-Drake, you know, two, two words that just go hand in hand. I, I really like Miami-Drake <laughs> in that game. Oh man, I love it. Drake right. is a blue collar team. Blue yeah. collar. Yeah, did you see Will Wade in his opening press conference yesterday said we're gonna be like blue collar gold standard? I'm like, get out of here with that, dude. Hey. Miss everybody, me everybody wants to be us. Um, and then okay, so last thing I'm gonna throw in Nick Pringle was snubbed of an NIL deal for the tournament with Pringles. They did like Drew Timmy and other people with mustaches and stuff. I'm like, his last name is literally Pringle. Like, his what time is doing? coming. His time what is coming. What a myth. Bigger and better things. Hey, Tyler Barnes, Britton Johnson, I'm William Galloway. This is the Main Streets Podcast. Uh, we got to do this again. Maybe we'll do it next week and the week after through Every March week, Madness. Yeah. Or we're just going to – it's March Sadness. Just keep gonna, it going. Or we're going to rebrand the Main Streets Podcast and have it be like the tell-all or the has-beens or something. Um, Tyler, if you're down, I'd love to do this again next week and, and through the tournament. Um, and then maybe at some point in the off season, we can have a tell all podcast and we just kind of tell stories from y'all's time at Alabama. I don't know if the world's ready for that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can go in pieces. We can say this year at this time in the coaching transition, this, that, and the other, um, uh, we, I have stories, so I know y'all have infinitely more. And I don't want to get into this too much, but I I will say this because I was thinking about it earlier with, with them, you know, winning the conference tournament. Um, and I know we're kind of running out of time here, but, um, 
winning a championship, it's a, it's a celebration, yes, of the championship itself, but I think it's the celebration of what you've overcome to win the championship. Because every team every year goes through so much crap that people would never know or see from the outside. Yeah. But from the inside, it's just like, I can't believe that this group won that after going through what we went through. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's going to be on different. full display on Saturday. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to hopefully being back with you next week. TB, yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. All right, again, this is the Main Trees Podcast. I'm William Galloway for Tyler Barnes and Britton Johnson. We want you to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Mean Streets Pod. We hope you enjoy March Madness. Have a great rest of your day.